Week 12 or go home. I'm Brandon Shanahan, joined as always by Iowa Broadcasting legend Drew Russell, broadcasting live from Branson, Missouri. Drew Russell, happy holidays. Did you have a good Christmas, first and foremost? Hey, had a, had a terrific Christmas, Brandon. Got to enjoy, enjoy some great, great uh, football and basketball over the weekend. And uh, I feel like we're, we're kind of old enough now that, you know, when I'm asked what I got for Christmas, I, I, you know, it's like, well, you know, got some nice things, things that are really cool. But usually if I just want something, Brandon, I just go buy it Yeah. these days. You know, it's not like I'm waiting all year. Oh, please, please get this for me. So it's it's tough. But it was a uh, it was a great Christmas. What about you? You know what Christmas has kind of turned into for me is just an, an opportunity for my fiance to replace the the pants and underwear that I have that have holes in them that like I think are fine. Like I, I had one pair of uh, a pants that had like a, a a zipper pocket like on the thigh and the zipper was halfway off. Uh, this is fine. I mean, I'll just whenever I have to go out, I just tuck the zipper into the pocket and you can barely tell that it's broken. Um, so that's mostly what what what, what Christmas has turned into as uh, as I've aged. Um, but otherwise, yeah, great, great stuff. Um, football for me as a Broncos fan, not so great. But uh, as a Big 12 fan and as a host of uh, one of the fastest growing Big 12 podcasts in the world, mm-hmm. I, it, it's great. This is this is our time here, Drew Russell, when we're able to pitch propaganda right before the New Year's Six Bowls when everybody forgets about the Big 12. Um, but uh, this is this is our time right now. Hey, look, college football, we've discussed about all the – you know, maybe some interesting st- things going on college football. Bowl season's been great so far. I mean, the yeah. games have been really good. If you actually sit down, watch these games, or have these games on in the background, there's been, I think, some really good and entertaining football played so far. The Big 12 have picked up some really nice wins. Games are, you know, even as we chat right now, we got more games going on right now, but um, some really nice wins. Oklahoma State able to wrap up their season, get that double-digit mark against Texas A&M, which um, it's nice to see, um, you know, a fan base like Oklahoma State get a victory over a fan base that uh, if you talk to them, you'd think they won 10 national championships uh, when, you know, they can't really win one in any era. So, you know, that's uh, a really nice win for them. Kansas I give Kansas some credit. First bowl win in 15 years, Brandon, 2008 um, was the last time they won that in their famed Orange Bowl. So Big 12's uh, had some ups. They've had a couple downs as well with results. But, um, you know, at least the bowl games, I think, have been really good so far. And that's that's been awesome. Yeah, and I'll kind of dive into the to the Big Twelve because I'm so excited about what's happening with the Big Twelve. Like this, this is my Super Bowl. Is the Big Twelve having a good bowl mm-hmm. season? Um, but but before that, I mean, I w- my biggest takeaway outside of the Big Twelve is just how how fun are these bowl games? And and I know they're yeah. not always you know ones that you you, you get up and you, you get juiced for. But I was thinking about it the other day, like boy, getting some of these programs on like network television. On ESPN and ABC, mm-hmm. or the, the, the uh, Armed Forces Bowl with James Madison and Air Force, yeah, and Jacksonville State and Florida A and M, like these are some schools that don't get any real, you know, publicity. And this is this is actually their Super Bowl, pretty close yes. too. I mean, yeah, their conference championships, but this is also such a big moment for their seasons, and it's just as a college football fan, it's so cool to see. And boy, it. Those guys on the field, this means so much to them. Yes, I remember even watching when uh, when Duke won their bowl game. 
that's kind of one that you circle on the calendar and think, okay, well, their head coach left, their quarterback left, they're you know, having guys opt out, they're having guys transfer out. Are they really going to be there? They were there, and they were dialed in. The guys that put on the the, the chin straps that day were as <clears> dialed in as, as could be. Uh, their yeah. interim coach after the game was so emotional, so excited for these guys, and it is a big deal. And, you know, it just kind of made me think, whatever the next evolution of college football is, I hope yeah. it still includes this because this is very special. It is, and I think it's great from just a sheer viewer perspective. It's great. I think in the holiday season, it's great just to have football on all freaking day. We're in the time of year where, you know, it doesn't really feel like legit days between Christmas and New Year's. You're just kind of hanging in there. And the games uh, are just great filler. I mean, to have, you know, to start football at 11 a.m. in the morning or even, you know, even earlier like this week and then go all the way through 11 midnight or even a little past is awesome. It's great for a football fan. It's nice. You can just turn something on. You don't really give a rip about the two teams, but uh, sometimes, but I mean, uh, it's fun just to see teams. You don't see at all play Brandon uh, go compete. And like the big 12, again, we mentioned the wins West Virginia as well. Also had a terrific run. They're a very nice win over a very, I, I picked North Carolina regrettably, uh, West Virginia played a great football game in their victory. It's been a lot of fun so far. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I think the uh, the suits of college football who who kind of would try to sell you that bowl season is not very necessary or, or not mm-hmm. as uh, electric would probably try to tell you something that, well, now with, you know, the, the expanded playoff and the transfer portal and the uh, how many guys opt out of bowl games for the NFL – it, it's just not going to be a good enough product. Um, I think that's so, so wrong. And, yes, it, uh, like you said, we, first of all, we don't get to see a lot of these teams throughout the season just, you know, with the, the, the wrestle and bustle of the rest of college football. Yeah. But even the teams that we do get to see a lot of, this is turning into such a good opportunity to see some guys that we would have never thought about coming into the season. I mean, just the other night, Miller Mar- Moss for USC. Who? Who is that, Drew Russell? I don't know. <laughs> I had no idea that there was a guy on on their team named Miller Moss who was a quarterback, let alone somebody who would throw for six touchdowns, nearly 400 yards. Right. Against Louisville, who, you know, talking about early November, might have been a, a, a back right. playoff team. Like, th- these are the, the stories that we're going to get to see more of is guys who maybe didn't get a shot throughout the regular season. Now they get a month's worth of practice. They mm-hmm. get to, to dial it in. They get to try out for the team next year. I yeah. mean, USC was kind of the top target for, you know, on on three and everybody for getting guys like Cam Ward or, mm-hmm. uh, or or Will Howard. Then Miller Moss goes out, throws for 372 yards, six touchdowns. And, I, yeah. boy, you think maybe this kid's earned a shot. You know, and we'll see that with the Ohio State game this uh, this week. We'll see that with Florida State here coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we just get to see it, – it's turning more into what – what can we show off going into next year as opposed to yep. the traditional format where, you know, we're really trying to put a cap on what's been a, a successful season. Yeah. And boy, I think that's special. I think, I think we're going to see some real, real gems here, Drew Russell. Well, and you make outstanding points regarding, you know, these kids that are at these bowl games, they want to compete for their school. They want to be there. And I think the big narrative has been, man, all these kids don't want to be at their schools, all these transfers to portal. That's true. 
there's still a majority of players in college football, and I don't have a percentage for you, but it is a majority that are staying at their school. They've been doing the offseason work. They have either started this year for that team, they're playing the bowl game, maybe they're a backup, but they're there. They have competed with this team all year long, and it's paying off in this in this bowl game. These, you know, you know, the future of college football is one that's gonna be debated and one that you and I I know are going to get into in the offseason, I'm sure multiple times. But like just from right now, what I'm watching, like bowl season, I think, can still be a lot of fun. It has been a lot of fun so far. And even though it feels like an era where kids are transferring every year, it's tough to know rosters sometimes for teams. Obviously, heavy, heavy NIL money is being thrown around, which is great for the kids, happy for them, but Sometimes it does reward the highest bidder, whatever that may be. But you can't deny the fact that uh, there's these kids all, I'm going to assume almost all the kids that play college football still love the game of football. They're excited to go compete uh, against another team. And the human connection of, hey, I'm going to work my tail off because all my buddies are working their tails off. We want to go win. We want to go compete. Um, you know, like watching West Virginia against North Carolina, they were hyped. That was, a, I mean, they were, it was a big win for them. They were hyped for a great year. They were supposed to be bad this year. They end up with a nine win season. They were hyped about it. So these games look maybe in the grand scheme of things, um, you know, they might be forgotten, you know, if outside of a school's fan base in some cases, but these kids aren't going to forget, and those these fan bases aren't going to forget, and that does mean something. You're absolutely right, Drew Russell. That these the, these games can be so special to to a lot of these guys, and just like the kids that you explained, so, some guys who, you know, build this brotherhood with, with the guys next to them. It feels like the the more grittier kids who you know commit to a team, and and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with guys who who aren't a part of this group that I'm describing, and who do you know uh, strive for you know greener pastures, but I think that's such a a good comparison to just the Big 12 in general as as we see it. And we saw it just the other night with Texas A&M in Oklahoma. You get a school like Texas A&M who's got oil money up the wazoo. They still got Johnny Manziel money running through their their, their donor system, that Manziel mania um, mm-hmm. dollar bills coming through. Uh, then you get a team like uh, and top three recruiting classes two of the last three years. And then you get a, a gritty team like Oklahoma State, who's mm-hmm. mostly intact. They're not going to have a ton of five-star guys. They're not going to have guys who are you know making a bunch of NIL money. They're not going to have guys on their team who who they poached from these blue bloods in the transfer portal. These are just dudes playing ball, and yeah. they're, they're, there's no conference. I think that that uh, that symbolizes that as well as the Big Twelve, and I think that we're seeing that pay off in dividends in in this big in, in this bowl season. The, the, what West Virginia is a great example, and I mean it's mm-hmm. it, it's tough when you know a North Carolina team loses a special quarterback like Drake May, but this is what West Virginia has been like all year. Now you give mm-hmm. them a month to prepare. They got most of their guys intact. They got guys who are stepping up in different roles and trying to to make a name for themselves. And then Oklahoma State last night, and it's it, it's funny like the the discourse online because Texas A and M fans are kind of waving it off like oh we only had this many scholarship players we had these guys leave we don't have a head coach like that's not that's not an excuse no like that's that's not a flex that you lost a game because 
your team was so bad that they fired the head coach during the season. It's not yeah. a flex that you had a third of your team decide, I would rather not be a Texas A&M Aggie and go play somewhere else than compete in this bowl game. It's not right. a flex that three of your first four starting quarterbacks didn't want to be a part of this team. That's not a flex. That's that's everything. That, it, it feels like, and this might be hyperbolic, and I might just be passionate about the Big 12, but it feels exactly where the line is coming between the the good and the right of college football and the guys who commit to their programs and put on their hard hat and go to work. And then guys who go to Texas A&M or who have gone to Texas A&M the last few years, and we got to see those two teams play out on the field. And yeah. it, it was a, a pretty thorough ass whooping by Oklahoma State. Don't let the school fool you. They got a couple of cheap touchdowns late. Oklahoma State was in control of that game the entire game. They got torched by Alan Bowman. I mean, how many times have we criticized Alan Bowman this year? And he just torched that SEC defense. Another mm-hmm. example of the SEC doesn't play any defense. Yeah, I, I still think it's a crime for Oklahoma State, like Ollie Gordon, not getting any, not near the love I thought he deserved for the Heisman. I'm going to yeah. put it bluntly. He had some... Huge games throughout the season. I I thought he had deserved a trip to New York personally. I'm not saying he should have yeah. won it. I'm not going that far, but he had a Special great season. year. Yeah, like he had a great year, and it's fun to see them compete. And AM's a great example. Like in college football, you do have to recruit at a high level, and recruiting is ever evolving. And these last three, four years, it might have recruiting might has probably evolved more in a little this little span than maybe ever uh just the way things are going but like you know a&m loses their qb barely early in the game and they're talking about well we got to go bit of this backup i mean brandon this is a top 300 recruit nationally and they're yeah. talking like this poor kid this i'm like yeah i get it like maybe he's not ready for the moment like i understand that but like this isn't like some wide receiver that they're trying to convert to qb this kid was a stud in high school, a top 200 recruit nationally. And they're talking about all oh, this poor kid doesn't have a, ch-, you know, and I'm like, I, maybe he doesn't in this game, but like this kid is a talented kid. And I, I don't know. It, it didn't rub me the right way, but you're right. It's not a flex um, for programs. And, you know, the turnover is going to be interesting as well to watch from program to program in the coming years, because with the NCAA making the announcement that players can transfer without penalty, from school to school, pretty much as much as they want, which is pretty wild. It'll be interesting to see, like, which programs can keep around their conglomerate of talent, which programs see more transition. And I actually think, Brandon, the programs that are going to see more transition will be more the Blue Bloods because, look, they do get traditionally higher recruiting rankings, uh, four-star, five-star guys. And to put it bluntly, if those guys, they're going to feel if they don't see playing time in the first, I'll even say year, if they don't play as freshmen, whether it's deserved or not deserved, they're going to say, I can go play somewhere else much quicker. And there'll be some school ready to go potentially with a payment as well. And Big 12-wise, I'm curious. I think Big 12, look, everybody's going to have transfers. That's guaranteed. But it wouldn't surprise me if the Big 12 has a higher retention rate of players amongst all of their programs. I'll, I'll combine everybody compared to the SEC and the Big Ten. And I'll even say the ACC as well. Like, I don't think it'd be that surprising at all if the Big 12 retains the most players. And I, 
I think that's good for the conference because it helps the fan bases get to connect with the players more, they connect with the coaches. And um, from a viewing perspective, it is more fun when you know certain characters uh, year in and year out for programs. Yeah, and I think the it, the Big 12 is in an interesting spot, and uh, I'm glad that you brought that up because it is interesting to think about because I, I, I think you're right as far as I think guys who come to programs in the Big 12 like Kansas, like Kansas State, like Iowa State, like like, uh, like 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 these gritty Midwestern programs, they come for the right reasons, and and they're not coming to you know make a trillion dollars in NIL, and 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 they may know that there are probably other goals um, attainable other than winning a national championship, and but they also know that this is also a spot where you know you can compete probably pretty quicker um, compared to some of the other big name schools that also have the benefits mm-hmm. and amenities that I just mentioned, but you also get an opportunity to, to go out and, and play. And I think that the guys who like, like Avery Johnson, very, very talented quarterback coming out of high school, he knew exactly what he was signing up for at Kansas state. And right. he, he had better offers, but he's like, I have an opportunity to play some really good football. I, I trust what, what CK and company are, are, are doing with, with this program. And even when, um, Colin Klein left in the offseason to go to AM, oddly enough. Um, he stayed put because he's there for the right reasons. He's not there to yeah. he, he's not there for vain reasons. He's there to get a good education and play some good football and torch North Carolina State on a on a so what is it, Thursday night? Yeah, that, that's what he comes to to, to so he does. for, and I, I think that goes throughout the the, pro, the 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 conference. Oklahoma State, I, everybody, Texas Tech. I, I think guys who who go to like an Ohio State or a Florida State, you, mm-hmm. you think you're going to make a lot of money in an IL. You think that you're going to you know be a, a top draft pick, and that may very well be the case. And but you're also got to compete for your literally your roster spot every single season. Yeah. Where you, you get to go to a place like Kansas State and Oklahoma State, and like I can really develop into the best player I can be. Right. These are really good coaches, especially Kansas State. Kansas State does more with less talent than anybody in the country, and that's yeah. not even just me. That's the, the there are statistics to back that up. They get per, per pound more guys in the NFL per per, per pound more wins. You know, in, in the country they. And that, you get guys like that throughout the entire conference, guys who have been there for 20 years, like Mike Gundy. You, it's just such a, a different brand of football, and I'm so excited that we're seeing that thrive here in bowl season. It's been it's been a blast to watch, and, you know, to keep kind of quickly picking back on this is, you know, I think if you want, I, you can get NIL money in a lot of places. Uh, I'd say all the big power conferences, and even those smaller ones, I feel there's maybe a little extra money swimming around with local businesses and all that. Uh, but, you know, I feel like if you are going to college football and you're a player and you're just trying to get as much NIL money as possible while trying to play, you know, if you're a four or five star recruit, Hey, I, I would go with the big boys, uh, go with the traditional blue bloods. There is more money there. There is more power there. I think if you're looking for more of a traditional collegiate experience, and I think there are going to be more players than you think that, Yes, if they can make some money through NIL, of course they want to make money. They deserve that money. They should make that money. But, you know, that you talk about the roster spot stuff and, you know, that they want to 
not only play college football, but they want to enjoy their college career, both on the field, off the field as well. I think the Big 12 is in pretty good position to do that for any star recruit. You a three, four, five star, or even a lower star, like these programs aren't necessarily going to push you out as often uh, compared to, you know, the big programs, the SEC and the Big Ten. And I think that's great. Like, I, I think it's great because sometimes kids do need to develop. I've seen, you know, in any sport, guys, people that are highly recruited out of high school, maybe they're not as ready as they thought they would be for the collegiate level yet. Well, that's not a big deal. That's okay. Like, sometimes it takes a year or two to develop. And I think that's nice to have um, at certain schools while, you know, honestly, like, you know, if you go to Alabama these days, you don't play well, Brandon. That fan base, they're gonna just say, "Hey, go the go the transfer portal. Find somebody who can come in and cover this wide receiver. Find somebody who can get to the quarterback or the QB's not producing. Go find the best available option on the transfer portal." Like it's it's really interesting, but we're happy um, we're happy for the kids that are getting the chance this bowl season to show off. Yeah, um, you're absolutely right. And the, the, the Big 12 is having a, a good bowl season. And you don't just have to take my word for it. You can take my spreadsheets word for it if you're ready. Oh, then, yeah. Uh, be able to oh, see let's the, go. The, the Cornhusker Connection Bowl Mania spreadsheet here. It's one of the great spreadsheets in this country, ladies and gentlemen. This thing is a beauty. And it's it better every single year. We put it together for the first time last year, hoping it would expose the fraudulent SEC. It didn't. <laughs> um, but But we got it back here. So here... And this section we got every every game color coded here. Uh, it's uh, imported this chart from Wikipedia, so the results uh, come in. Um, the colors here, red, are the games between two two pow- uh, group of five teams. We don't really pay attention mm-hmm. to those for what we're trying to do here. Yellow, we got one power five team, one non power five team. The green, two power five teams. And so essentially, how it breaks down is, is that the, there's a point system that you can see right here. So you get 50 points for winning a college football playoff game. Congratulations, you're beating one of the best teams in the country. You get 50 points. You also get 25 points yep. for winning a New Year's Six Bowl game. That's a really big deal. That's the Fiesta Bowl, the Orange Bowl, the um, the Cotton Bowl, Peach yep. Bowl, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you also get 15 points if you're not playing one of those games, but you beat a Power Five team like uh, like Georgia Tech picked up 15 points for the ACC here, beating Central Florida. You can also get five points for winning just a bowl game that's against a group of five team. That that I mean something too. UCLA had a had mm-hmm. a really good showing against Boise State that gets some the Pac-12 some points, and then you also get five points taken away if you lose to a group of five team. So like that. South Florida, I wish I could have taken more points away from Syracuse. I thought about it. You get shut out, forty-five to zero by South Florida, like the sixth best team in the state of hey. Florida. Hey, that's um, that's a formerly great Big East rivalry right there, Brandon. No kidding. And uh, yeah, Man. one of them came to play. The other didn't. Man. So now what does this look like? So I put together all of my picks before the bowl season as far as where, how do I think things are going to shape up here? And admittedly, a little bit heavy on the Big 12. gave them the benefit of the doubt, but they're proving me right so far. So here's how it shapes up here. So in my predictions, I had the Big 12 coming away as a grand champion tied with the Pac-12 here. And yep. also worth mentioning, this doesn't even include a Texas win. Yep. I have them losing, and it's just the rest of the Big 12 picks up 95 points. They really feast before the New Year's Six Bowl games start and games. 
Yep. And so far, they've done very well in it. We talked about Oklahoma State and Texas A&M. Uh, Texas Tech had a big win against Cal. Uh, Kansas State's given it to NC State right now. West Virginia with a big win over North Carolina. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of 50-50 games, and I think the Big 12 shapes up very well. UCF would have been a big win. I had them. They did not uh, come through. Uh, moment of silence for Arthur Gustavo Malzahn the third. Miss him. You tried out Gu- yeah. Gustavo. We... I had too much faith in you, buddy. I thought you had one more in the tank this season. We needed him. We needed him to come through. He didn't. He let us down. Man. But uh, it, it did give the ACC some some life. Because, um, yeah, I predicted I, – I really predicted the, the ACC to have a real rough showing. I thought um, I thought Troy was, was going to pick up a win against the ACC. I thought Tulane was going to beat up on Virginia Tech this week. I thought SMU was going to put it all, put, pull it off in the Fenway Bowl. Holy smokes, SMU stinks. But, I I mean, the ACC is adding another power in, in, in the Mustang. So that's kind of how I had it going down. I had Michigan and Washington picking up big points for for their respective um, mm-hmm. conferences. The the Big 12 probably being as um, as as balanced as they can. They pick up a, a win here. Uh, Pre-New Year 6, they pick up a couple of big wins. Penn State um, being, being the big winner there and then. Uh, Michigan in the, in the college football playoff. Yeah, so, that's a pretty, pretty, that's a beautiful chart right yeah. there. But it, I, you know, I see those numbers and I, t- I take a look at that. And man, I, it shows the power the Big 12's got, though, of, you know, especially in the future as well, that there's some great programs in this conference, ones that consistently can win a lot of football games. And it shows the opportunity that this conference has if they can find potential new powerhouses, whether that's a rotational basis or a couple teams just win big year in and a year out, but just show the power this conference has of how good it is. I think that's often slept on. Yeah. I think this is a great opportunity for the big 12 to show like, Hey, it, we are a good, we are a power conference. We mm-hmm. are when, when our best are playing your best or our fourth place team is playing your fourth place team or our, you know, six and six teams playing your six and six teams. We we, we go toe to toe with everybody in the country. Yeah, I think this is a great opportunity to kind of prove that point going into this next year, where I think there's going to be a lot of agenda being pushed. Well, it's actually just a power two conference. It's really just the SEC and the and the and, and the Big Ten. And, and I don't. Uh, this is a big opportunity for the Big Twelve to say no, no, we're here too. Mm-hmm. No question about it. It's exciting to see, and it's uh, also we also want to pour one out pour one out for the the Pac-12 as well, putting together, um, you know, great final season. I'm sad it's going, even though I know the Big 12's getting some new teams, some fun teams from it. But uh, I'm going to miss the Pac-12. You you got me on record saying that one, Brandon. I can't lie. Also, I just want to quickly dance on the grave a little bit. Uh, Utah got beat up pretty bad by Northwestern. I don't know (laughs) if you remember that, True Russell. I do. Um, That was... I was not expecting that from from the youths, from the team that's supposedly going to come in and run the Big Twelve. Uh, oh, they've one. got they got target on their back next year, Brandon. They, yeah. I, it's kind of fun. Uh, you know, you get into this new era, of the Big Twelve. It's who are you absolutely going to hate? And every school kind of has their natural rivals, but you know, you'll always have, have who, who, like right now. Texas is the very obvious answer that kind of every team in the conference hates Texas. Like that's just clear as day. Uh, I love it. 
that Utah has become hyper hateable and that pretty much I feel a good chunk of the conference fan bases are like, all right, we, we hate our own personal teams for various reasons, but like Utah worst, we hate Utah. We want to see them lose every single week. I love it. I, I think it's great. And it's hilarious. They lost to a uh, team in Northwestern that, uh, you know, takes academics way more seriously. I thought they just spent their time in the library, Brandon, but here they are winning football games with an interim coach. Uh, I, I think I probably full-time I'd hope by now, but uh, good. Nice work, Utah. I, I thought you were going to change the world. That's what I was told. That's Come on, told. Utah. I was told that quite a bit. I was told that quite a bit. I, 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 it's, it's always so funny to me because I, when they got blown out by Arizona, I'm like, I tweeted out Arizona's, or Utah's not even going to be the best team coming to the Big 12 next year. They're, they're not even going to be the best team in the conference, let alone the four teams that are coming from the Pac-12. Uh, well, a, a Utah burner account not only saved that tweet or replied to that tweet, but also saved it until uh, Nebraska lost to Iowa mm-hmm. so he could come and dance in my grave a little bit. But, yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I think it, what else is, is going to be very fun is that it, it's kind of s- putting the, the conference into – to little clicks to where it's, you know, you got, you're going to have the West coast schools and then you're going to have like the hateful eight who hates all the West coast schools. And, and then you have the group yeah. of the, the former AAC powerhouses, you know, in, in their own little corner of the lunchroom. And I think that, that that makes it so good because it's not just, I hate It's not just because like in, as a Nebraska fan, I just kind of hate everybody else in the big 10. Like, I kind of, yeah. I, I if you're playing Iowa, I guess I'll root for you that week. But everybody else can. I I'm pretty much rooting for your downfall out of the other 15 teams in the league. With the Big 12, it's like I'd probably say like I'm the biggest fan of, of TCU or, or Iowa State. But other than that, like the hateful eight schools get my allegiance first and foremost. And then the Big 12 against the world. Um, oh yeah. We'll, it'll be interesting to see like if Utah does get to a spot where they're like in a New Year's Six bowl next year. Mm-hmm. Or, or just e- even in a bowl game in general, where you know it's it's them and a team from another conference like the SEC. Like, do we do we then back Utah because they're they're one of us now, or or are we still rooting for their downfall? That's gonna be that's gonna be the question, and we're gonna know. Uh, I feel like throughout the off season, we're gonna get a good idea. Uh, I'd hyper recommend Brandon. You continue to use the internet chat rooms to get r- clear clarity on uh, if we're gonna become. Uh, supporters of Utah, or if this podcast becomes a anti-Utah propaganda machine. Uh, hey, I'm open to arguments. We're pretty reasonable here uh, at Big 12 or go home. But, uh, I mean, we're, we're going to have a, a decision by the next football season. My, the jury's out on Utah right now, but they do run a program I've had a lot of respect for in general. Love their coaching staff. They've had some really nice players come through. It's really just the fan base. Like, their fan base is uh, – it, it just kind of made them unlikable. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's tough because we won't know. We won't know until they do. And I'm looking at their schedule next year. I don't even think we'll, we'll really get to know until, like, bowl season next year because they play Southern Utah, whoop de doo I hope Southern Utah wins that game. And then they play Utah State. What, they're just doing a round robin of all the Utah schools, I guess. Got to be got to be Utah champs. Got to be state <laughs> champs. So. And then they play – is that – it for non-conference? Here's a question, Brandon. When they play uh, BYU, is this podcast making a run out to Provo? 
because that's going to be hyper tempting because that's that's a beautiful that's a i mean utah uh that's a beautiful state out there i got a, a lot of cool yeah cool Rural, spot i have Rural, seen Rural, on tv that provo i mean it looks kind of cool uh and that's that they call it the holy wards a heck of a rivalry um I don't know. That's just something to keep an eye on in the future, yeah. I must say. It's, that's that's um, a good point. But there's some great rivalries. Uh, but yeah, Utah is going to be. We need. I feel every conference just needs a team to absolutely despise in order for it to like function at a peak level uh, in terms of enjoyment. And that's why you know Texas has been great for many years. The SEC is getting a great team to hate. Uh, Got to hand it to them. Um, I feel like. Alabama has always been kind of an easy team to hate, but they're more of like their fans are pretty and you know difficult, but they do win a lot. Yeah, You're, they win all the championships. Gotta, yeah, I'll defend them a little bit. They do win. Um, they don't. They can be a little arrogant. Texas hasn't won in a long time, boy. But you would not know it. But Texas, Texas, Texas A and M. That's the insufferable bull right there yeah, no brandon kidding. you can't uh, no you can't win there. In fact, A and M fans are tough enough. I if Texas wins, I'm not mad. I just say, all I'm right. Not mad. I'm, like, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I don't. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I'm not mad. Uh, that's what I'll go with. I also have a hot take. I think the SEC is going to run through the, uh, the run through Norman here in a couple of years. You think so? I think so. And it might just be more agenda pushing that the two Big 12 schools are going to come in and dominate the SEC. But I kind of believe it. I, you know, you look at the way that Oklahoma's trajectory is and, and how they're trending up. I, mm-hmm. I mean, look at how good Texas is, and Brett Venables has had a way better year two than Sark did. Yes. Um, you, they're, they're still getting blue chip prospects. They're, they're, yes. They're still very clearly a blue blood program. Brett Venables has done a great job. Um, they've been outstanding. And then Nick Saban can't coach forever. He's seventy two years old. Like he's he's gonna stop eventually, yes. and I would I would wager that it would be within the next five years. Yeah, um, I guess once they get Lane Kiffin in there, that's that's gonna be a problem as well. Uh, Kirby Smart's a problem. Yep. But I think Oklahoma's in, in in a good spot, and I think it would be very funny if the if the two Big Twelve teams just waltz right into the Big Tw- into the SEC and and dominate i think that would be great i don't i don't think it's crazy it's kind of like texas i think their fans feel especially after this year they're going to the sec guns a blazing and they're going to keep this streak going which i'm with you like when they first made this announcement i was with i mean i felt it was a pretty healthy consensus and i'll even say both their fan bases to an extent felt like this that they are going to get crushed in the sec potentially uh that um and there have been a lot of schools that have been thrown out there that uh, you know are part of one conference and then you know they join another. They don't. They aren't as good. Uh, there was concern about that, but, but for Texas, I feel they're going to a good spot. And Oklahoma, I, I I'm kind of with you, Brandon. I still think they can go into the SEC and be a consistent nine plus win team and still have an opportunity to compete for championships. Um, and you know when it comes to you know, their, you know, their stadium, like it does get loud in there uh, and they're going to get some premier games these first few years in the SEC. They've got a chance to do something interesting, but the conference, um, you know, that conference does get tougher. No question about it with OU and Texas joining the fold, but I think both have a shot of, um, 
you know, making a run. And I'm sure some of those bottom feeders or the lower half of members of the conference that are, you know, they're sweating deep down of trying to figure out how on earth they're going to compete, which the Big 12 is not going to have any issue right now for every one of these teams. They're thinking, I think administration shouldn't expect their team to be a bottom feeder because I think there are winnable games in the coming years, week in, week out for nearly every school. SEC, I won't make the same claim. Um, you're Vanderbilt University right now. It's brutal. I don't know what to tell you um, because that is not an easy situation to live in. South Carolina, that could be really interesting kind of coming up these years on their end. Mississippi State, Arkansas. The, the, I mean, these wins are not going to be easy to come by. And it will be interesting again to see who goes up that totem pole, who goes down, who falls into irrelevance. And, you know, SEC doesn't have a buyout fee. I am curious if eventually, and I think it would take a lot of years to get to this point, if some team just, just gets sick of losing and says, you know what, we're going to dip down to, you know, if the revenue money's near the same, I think that'd be the key. But but if they dip down to, a, say, a Big 12 or ACC um, and said, you know what, we have a chance, better chance to win here, money's about the same or close to the same, who knows, Brandon? There's a lot, lot of potential potential there. You know, and I think the interesting part with that is I think, and I think the SEC is pretty good and pretty good standing as far as this goes. Also, don't feel too bad for those schools because they do get four non-conference games that they can fill up with as much slop as they want. No, so they only I have know. to win two uh, two league games to win uh, to get to a bowl game. So don't feel too bad. Um, but the Big Ten is, is one to keep an eye on where they're like, we're at 20 teams and we don't like a lot of our teams in this league. What if we, we, like, hey, for the next 10 years, we'll keep giving you a share. Just get out of our league. Yeah. Just, just leave us alone. Because, I mean, we, we trade like a uh, like a Maryland for maybe a Florida State or a Clemson or now that the ACC is imploding. The Big Ten's not just going to stand put and let the, all those good schools go to the go to the SEC if they can help it. They're, but they're also 20 schools deep. So I was like, well, yeah. sorry, Rutgers. I mean, the, the New York market's cool, I guess, but we'll, we'll, we'll keep we'll, we'll keep compensating you, but get out get out of here. And they'll go back I know. To the ACC and event, they'll, they'll still keep cash and checks from the Big Ten. So I, I think eventually it could get to that point where it – because if I'm Vanderbilt, I'm absolutely soaking up as much SEC money as possible. Oh, yeah. You don't need – look, <laughs> for Vanderbilt, I know you're taking your L's. It could be some very thin times, but like, let's not get around. Vanderbilt's not going anywhere. Yeah, uh, it's just clear as day there. They shouldn't. They should stick with it. But you're right. I, I just there are some potential future, put uh, potential consequences there. But it should be, um, you know, very interesting with uh, OU and Texas out of the fold in the Big Twelve. They'll have some very interesting schedules, and uh, it will be interesting. Um, you know. I know uh, Arkansas fans, Brandon, they're looking forward to uh, Texas coming back to Donald, Donald W.D. Reynolds. I can't wait. Maybe I mean stadium in Fayetteville next to, November. I have to st- in November. I, I'm going to tell you right now, Brandon, November game, mid-November. If I can get Arkansas for a winning record, look out. Watch Just out. a winning record. Doesn't have to be ranked or anything. Just a winning record is all I ask. 500 is all I ask. And, and we, we could do something there. 
You know, Drew Russell, I, I, I think that the dangerous thing about Arkansas when they play Texas, I don't even think they have to have a winning record. Oh, no. I think that that's the game where they're like, I, we, this could be our only win of the year, and we're tearing down goalposts. We're juiced. I, hey, I'll tell you what, Brandon. Fayetteville, Arkansas is a wonderful town, great college town, a town that uh, really respectable during daytime hours, loves to have some fun on nights and weekends. Texas, uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, Texas comes to town, I call it Fayetteville, uh, because lookout is all I say. Uh, that's I'd... all I say. So it's, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it'll be interesting for uh for texas oklahoma and obviously for the big 12 some pretty exciting stuff with the four new teams coming out out west um and some really uh exciting new rivalries there no kidding but uh, as as we kind of wrap up uh so so we saw where i where i would project the the, the conferences to to finish up come bowl season again a very big 12 heavy i'll admit that mm-hmm. But so here's how it actually is shaping up right now. So we have this chart here. To the left is, is how is all the results that we've gotten so far. So yep. uh, the Big 12 has played more games than anybody. So shocker, they have the most points. In this bottom row, we have the max possible score. So if the Big 12 wins all of their games from here on out, this yep. is what they could end up with. Actually, now that I'm talking out loud, I don't think that's completely accurate because some of these schools play each other. So they could both, in theory, get those points. But if... Well, no, because if the Big 12 wins all their games, they're going to end up with this. Okay. Correct. Yeah. You're, you're gotcha. good. Yep. Yeah. 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 And this chart right here is kind of a, you know, in addition onto that. So the, the Big 12 has the most points right now. Uh, but the SEC still got a ton of potential coming down the, the, the pipe, even though they got this fat little stinky bagel here. Mm. Um, in, it's also the, I mean, they've won zero bowl games. It's we're almost, it's almost New Year's Day, Drew Russell. But I know. Yeah, well, that's they they don't look at they say that bowl games don't count till the New Year's uh, yeah, yeah in the SEC as they always say it just means more it just means more except when yeah. they're playing Oklahoma states um, <laughs> yeah that doesn't the, matter the Big Twelve dropping a, a a game that I, I wish we could have had in in the UCF Georgia Tech game because they really do have to feast here in in these non uh, New Year's Six bowls because conferences like the Big Ten. And the SC and the Pac-12 are going to have huge opportunities to to catch up here. And, well, I, you know, I mean, they still have Texas after the the New Year's Six Bowl game starts. So hopefully we don't have to rely on Texas. But they're, they're very much right in the thick of it. And I'll tell you what, looking at the, the, the schedule here for the Big 12, I think that they're in good shape as far as opportunities to win games here. Let's see what else we got. So we have um, Kansas State, who's doing really good against NC State as we're recording. Arizona with a, a winnable game against a, a transfer portal-ridden Oklahoma team. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. No, Arizona's not in the Big 12 yet. We don't want them. Yeah, to well, how do we How do we, How do do we? we support that game, Brandon? we got team one team in the Big 12 that's leaving and then another that's joining next year. But for our, your chart, we got to – I mean, it's – OU's yeah. still a official member of the conference uh, – so, I mean, you want OU to do well. Yeah, I, I think for this propaganda spreadsheet that I put together, yeah, um, we were going to have to root for Oklahoma. I do think that it would be cool if um, if, if we made a clause. I don't know how we do this legally, but if Arizona beats Oklahoma, then they inherit <laughs> their Big 12 championships. Like, what be... are you going to do with them? You're leaving. Just, just leave them here. We'll take them. We'll take them. Take them off your hands. That's, that'd no? be a very that that would be quite interesting. I would love to see the process 
of like Oklahoma like taking all that off their stadium. <laughs> yeah. No and way. then like that it's very public. And then Arizona like goes to this whole like they're like like you they like, hey, you were a member of the uh two thousand Big Twelve champion team. How does it feel? <laughs> yeah. like, what are you talking about? Uh well it says on the stadium you were a champion uh for the Big Twelve and uh I don't know. Uh you know, I feel like we could create some very interesting headlines and narratives uh, with this. If there's any sport that could pull it off, it would be college football. Make no mistake about it. It's only sport on the planet that could do it. <laughs> I mean that. I think it's the only sport on earth that could actually pull this kind of shenanigans. And instead of like people, people would lose their minds. But you would also be like, well, it is college football. It is like you can you can use that as an excuse. Oh, man. And then look, looking down the slates, um, we got Iowa State and Memphis. You, you got to feel pretty good about that one. Only a five pointer. And then it's all on Texas. Um, if if the Big Twelve is going to win at this point, I think they do have to pick up that win against Texas. But they're 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 knocking on the door of a real successful bowl season. Yeah, um, and it's it's fun. It's fun to see. Business. Yeah, it's fun to see. You know, and that's uh, especially you know next year. Uh, we've discussed a lot about the 12 team football playoff coming up next year, but it does give you kind of hope for the, you know, big 12 and all conference or the big 12 specifically that, you know, that they can go compete in that next year uh, with their new group of schools. Texas will represent this year and potentially find multiple wins. Um, You know, I don't know if I'm going to go nutty enough and say national champion for a big 12 team next year, or maybe in the year after, but this, this conference has teams that are good enough to find wins uh, against the top 12 teams for sure. Yeah. And it's, you know, uh, the SEC has that nonsense slander. It just means more. I, I would make the argument. It, it actually means more in the big 12, like these games that, you know, Texas A&M players don't give a hoot about. It means more for folks mm-hmm. in, 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 uh, in, uh, in Stillwater and those student athletes. And I think that that will, Make up for some of the talent gap. I I don't think that we're going to see a, a Big Twelve national championship dynasty this stage in the game. I, I think it'd be really cool if we did. I couldn't even oh, tell yeah. you who would be the the favorite to do that, but that's where the the, the Big Twelve is at. And I think it's a, a good spot to be. Here here will be an interesting question: If a Big Twelve team gets to host a playoff game at home next year, who would have the best potential environment? Because there's uh, some really interesting yeah. ones like across the board that I think could really go just nuts. Uh, I mean, across I, I I'm biased. I think Ames, Iowa, would be a fascinating place to potentially see that happen. I think Stillwater would be a great atmosphere. Um, there's a West Virginia would be a hilarious atmosphere. I feel that would be bananas. I that would be a game I actually would maybe consider trying to like yeah. blow hundreds of bucks to go see because I just feel that environment would just be absolutely ridiculously dumb and funny. I don't yeah, know. So there's there's a couple of good answers. The first one that comes to my mind is is Stillwater. I mean, Boone Pickens Stadium gets after those guys are sickos down there and I know in, a, in Stillwater. The next one that comes to mind is TCU if they were to elect to play their game at AT&T Stadium. Mm-hmm. I think if you fill 80,000 folks in that stadium like I think I agree. They, uh, that's a tough It'd be tough. Like, I don't know if I I don't know if I could make that promise or not, but it yeah, it'd be I, uh, 
It'd be close. They can make it close. Yeah. yeah. If, if if they can travel very well, um, or I guess if they, yeah, I don't know about that one. I'm, I'm talking myself out of it because they traveled very well at the Fiesta Bowl hey. last year. That was only half the stadium. So I don't okay. Know. Te- also, I want to give a shout out to Texas Tech. They get a they get a Texas playoff Tech. home game at night. Ooh. Good night. Give me like the late night game for that. Like I, I'd want them like sorry at nine fifteen. Yeah, because that would be yeah. just fun. That'd be hilarious. And then I think Ames gets it gets a lot of points just for it being as cold, especially if you get a team like like a Florida State team or a USC. Yeah. Or uh, you know, I, I think if you get one of those teams coming to town, I think that's a real, real mm-hmm. good deal for for Iowa State. But yeah, I, I think just that the rowdies, the, the sicko west environments would, would be Stillwater and or not Stillwater, Lubbock and and Morgantown. Yeah, I fully agree with that. I think those environments would be great. I you know I don't know. I think BYU would also have a pretty cool environment. Like I feel I like they so. would really bring a lot of noise and stuff to the stadium. I think that'd be fun. But possibilities are endless and. Big shout out to the bowl season. Don't change anything about it. In fact, I think bowl season will even be better next year. As weird as that sounds, because I think with the 12-team playoff, it forces all six of those New Year, big New Year's bowl games to matter. That means something. And uh, I, you know, I still think bowl season has some interesting storylines and intrigue. And this year it's been kind of different storylines. But if you watch the product on the field, They've been some pretty good games across the board, so it's a lot of fun. Absolutely right. It's a good slate for for the Big Twelve this week. Um, I mean, by the time that this airs, we'll we'll know the uh, who who gets to claim all those two thousand uh, Big Twelve championships in Arizona and Oklahoma, and then it's just up to Iowa State, Texas. Which you know, if if the conference, if the Martians are pointing a beam at Earth, and you have two Big Twelve schools to save the league. <laughs> you, you, you take the talented Texas team, and then you take Rocco Beck and the Iowa oh, State Cyclones. Man. You trust them with the Martians and the space beam on the line pointed towards Earth. I I I know Iowa State fans are a little bitter that they've got to go to Memphis, but let me tell you something. I couldn't think of a better city for this gritty football team. When if in fact, I bet Memphis is the town my guy Matt Campbell vacations at if he had a choice. Like this is our place. Can't wait. Liberty Bowl should be a great atmosphere. I don't know if it's going to be, uh, you know, they were able to uh, drink uh, all the bush light out of fruition a few years ago in Memphis. I don't know if they'll pull that off again, but um, Iowa State will be ready to go in Texas. Well, we'll see. That'll be quite a football game, though, Brandon. I know we we previewed it uh, the last episode, but um, I think that game has the potential to be one of the ones you remember for a few years between them and Washington. Great quarterback play, great weapons on the outside. Texas has a great front seven defensively. Washington has some, I think, creative guys on the defensive end, and I think they have some of the best wins out of anybody this year in the country to beat Oregon twice, I think was impressive. I thought that was a good Oregon team. So um, it should be a lot of fun, a lot of, a lot of fun on the horizon. And uh, as we break into the new year, uh, this podcast is excited to see how these games play out and um, see what 2024 brings to the conference as well. A couple of quick questions. The next time that, uh, that we'll have an episode, we'll know, We'll basically know who's who's won the uh, the conference championship, Bowmania, 
Cornell's Connection Big 12 uh, Bowl Mating Spreadsheet Challenge. Yeah. We'll also know the two teams in the national championship game. So which conference takes home the, the conference crown and who's uh, playing in the national championship? Well, uh, you know, I think for the national championship overall, um, you know, I've got – I think it's going to be Michigan-Texas. I got Michigan-Texas. I, I – I like that Michigan team. I think they're tough. They're gritty. They got good QB play. Bama's good. Um, they're always tough, but I don't know. They've been inconsistent enough for me this year that I just I don't think they can get it done at Pasadena. And I think Washington, Texas are very even, but I'm gonna say Texas wins that home field in New Orleans. They'll have definitely have a crowd advantage compared to Washington. And I think their offense will create enough problems for Washington's defense. Even if it gets into a shootout, I think Texas can play and win in any style of game. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, too. I, I like Michigan by a million. Um, I I just can't – I don't want to think about what, what Twitter would look like if Alabama rolls through Michigan after all the, the stuff I've talked about, them leaving Florida State out of the college football playoff. Um, I feel like that would validate the, the the suits who ultimately decided to leave a undefeated Power Five team out of the, out of the playoff. I feel like that would I would validate them, which I don't want. Um, and I'll take one. I I think I'll, I'll tell you what I I think Washington gets so slept on as uh, as good yeah. as they've been. They they were underdogs in two of their last three games this season. Drew Russell, crazy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, I can't believe it, but. Um, I so I my my gut says them, but I think I'm rooting for the Big Twelve. I think Texas can absolutely pull it off. Give me fifty points for the league, and I think the Big Twelve takes home the the crown. We get a win at the top end with Texas, and then we feast on the uh, the non New Year's Six bowl games, and then we're coming at you uh, next mm-hmm. year on New Year's New Year's Day. Make no mistake about it. Oh, I th- that spreadsheet is going to be nothing. But it's that that Big Twelve bars we higher than the other four. That's my final analysis, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's going to be taller than that other bar. But great bowl season so far. We got some great games coming up this weekend, uh, both in the collegiate uh, arena, NFL as well. Brandon and I always suffering with our NFL teams, but uh, great times ahead. We can't wait, and it should be a lot of fun to see. Um, how the Big 12 fun- finalizes things, and uh, New Year Di- New Year's Day is going to be great this year. I know that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.